Welcome to this week's Market Commentator Podcast, MoneyWeb's series of interviews with investment professionals. We're joined on the line by Kyle Hewlett, who is Head of Multi-Asset Class at Argon Asset Management. Kyle, thanks for your time today. Let's um, start by looking at where investors are wanting to put their money. Are you seeing more investors opt uh, for balanced funds over, let's say, pure equity funds because of market volatility? Yes, we're definitely at Argonne uh, experiencing that, and the ASISA numbers seem to be pointing in the same direction, that investors are moving more towards multi-asset funds and less towards pure equity. Equities do still outperform over the longer term. Where are you seeing opportunities in equities at the moment? You spot on. Equities definitely do outperform over the longer term. However, I think going forward over the next five years to ten years, the, the outlook for equities is definitely not as good as it was in the past. Um, and I think the flexibility given to investors in the multi-asset fund will, will help them achieve the real returns that they need. Um, what sorts of asset allocations are you looking at in a multi-asset fund? Um, it's it's uh, bottom-up driven in terms of different sectors and also top-down driven in terms of uh, various asset classes. So it's global, local, uh, resources versus financials, industrials, um, bonds. Uh, the the main story that, that we see and we have been seeing for the last three years is that the world is still going through its um, its debt, the end of the debt cycle. And and with debt levels as high as they are, growth is going to continue to be low, volatility is going to continue to be, continue to be high. Mm. And that high volatility actually gives investors a chance to take advantage of, of um, investing in, in different asset classes at, at different times. And is that simply because assets are relatively cheap in certain instances, or why is that? Why is this actually a benefit? Because we def- we certainly hear a lot of negative publicity around volatility. So where are the benefits? Uh, you spot on. The traditional view of volatility is something to be scared of. It's um, you close your eyes, hands over your ears, and just hope <laughs> it goes away when 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 you wake up. But given the fact that growth is going to be so low going forward and given the fact that debt is so high the world is going to be uh, a lot more susceptible to any 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 changes particularly on the downside where those can be magnified by the high levels of of debt so what's important is to acknowledge that volatility is here to stay acknowledge that returns are going to be lower than, than they were in the past mm. and actually try and use that volatility it just means being nimble it means that not only should you focus purely on the long term but medium-term focus and even short-term focus at, at, at various times can be useful in your your range of investment tools. High debt levels suggest, um, as you have already alluded to, that you know equities are not going to perform very well because companies aren't growing. And some commentators suggest that there's perhaps more opportunity in bonds, particularly in foreign-denominated uh, bonds, at least for South African investors. How is Argon approaching bond investing? Um, value is starting to appear back in the bond market. I mean, as yields rise, uh, we're still very cautious. Um, particularly because we think that well, we we can't pick the end of uh, or the turning point in in the currency cycle. Mm. We believe the currency will continue to weaken as as it has. So we prefer uh, to be offshore. Um, offshore bonds, offshore property is 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 still looking quite quite attractive, um, and offshore equities uh, obviously. Okay, let's look at property. Listed property certainly here continues to go up and up, defying the critics, I think. Are we in bubble territory in South Africa, and is that why you prefer offshore property? We prefer offshore property. Uh, we also do have a large allocation to local property. Uh, I agree that valuations are looking stretched relative to where they've been in the past, but with real yields as low as they are, 
um, the, the, in, in, in the bond terms, so your guaranteed uh, uh, real yield from, from a government bond. Mm. Relatively speaking, property maybe is not as, as attractive, um, I'm sorry, not as, as, as expensive as, as people think. And equities, again, you mentioned uh, offshore equities. Can you give us a sense of what stocks or sectors in particular you are seeing value in? So again, it's, it's driven by our top-down view of growth not being as uh, strong as people think, which means that inflation doesn't really uh, have the, the energy that it used to have. And so interest rates-driven um, sectors like resources uh, and typical shares, I think, while they might have short-term runs, are not the place to be. So we prefer to stick with what's currently working, which is your more defensive sectors, uh, healthcare, food retailers, and, and, and the such. Should we have any interest at all or appetite for cash? Well, so far, cash in 2014 has been your best uh, performing local asset class for South Africa. Um, wow. I think equities are roughly flat for the year. Um, bonds are about 2 or 3% and cash close to 5 So. Um, at the beginning of the year, I, I don't think many people were, were excited about cash, but uh, given what's happened, and um, uh, certainly our view, there's, there's definitely room for, for some cash in the portfolio. Particularly if you, if you want to be nimble, you need some, some ammunition when, when equities fall or bonds fall so you can't buy. So you should think of cash not just as a, as a low-yielding asset, but it's, as an option on, on other assets when, when they show better value. Just to clarify, those returns for cash, is that for 2015? Yes, that's year to date. So there's still a month ago, obviously, but that's where we're standing. Wow, quite counterintuitive. Lastly, hedge funds. Uh, the FSB has approved the first retail hedge funds recently, as, as recently as last week, effectively bringing those into the collective investment scheme space, increasing the regulation of them and the transparency um, of them. Do you expect to see more interest in this asset class or perhaps this means of extracting alpha, depending on how you define it, as people perhaps look for downside capital protection? I would really hope that there is more interest in hedge funds going forward. Hmm. Um, I think that there's still a lot of uncertainty about these new regulations, um, both from a manager point of view, as well as platforms and, and investors. I think a lot more education still needs to happen in around hedge funds before we can get too excited and, and, and get uh, hope for too much growth. So I think it's a, a great tool for people to use. I just think where it's, uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done before we can get... Um, uh, expect too, too much money to flow into the into the sector. At a macro level, we have seen data out of the US and China to a large extent driving markets this year, in particular the timing and pace of rate hikes in the US and then, of course, economic growth indicators out of China being such a significant economy globally. Do you expect these uh, two countries to continue driving markets into 2016? Definitely. I mean, the macro factors, as you say, have been driving, have been driving markets, whether it's um, the Fed or the ECB, or the Bank of Japan, or uh, People's Bank of China, mm. any announcement that comes out has been studied voraciously by, by the investment market, and uh, markets, bond yields, currencies, equity markets are all moving um, on, on the slightest news, whether it's dovish or, or uh, hawkish or, or what, what may be. Um, this, this, this month alone, we've got some big announcements. And on Thursday, we have the ECB. Mm. The market is expecting... Um, at least a 10 uh, basis point cut in, in their interest rates. If that doesn't happen, um, there could be some, some, some wild uh, swings as a result. Then later on, on the, um, the 16th, we've got the FAMC, where they expected to hike rates. 
Um, all the while, China is under, under duress, and we think that they will probably cut rates again. So each of these, these announcements is, is, is being particularly watched, and uh, yeah, I think that these are definitely key triggers for the volatility that, that are going to occur in the market, and, and we look at them quite closely to identify entry points and, and exit points in terms of our asset allocation. Carl Hewlett is Head of Multi-Asset Class at Argon Asset Management.